So you're telling me that you biked 30 miles across a frozen lake of the woods to the Northwest Angle. Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. It's Jody. Following is the We Do This For Fun Zoom recording with the incredible Leah Gruen. Yes, we have the same last name. She's my sister-in-law, and she is awesome. Hey, it's Lynn. And hello, it's Jody. And we are here today with someone near and dear to my heart, my sweet sister-in-law, Leah Gruen. I wish I could say sister because then I could take say that our DNA is connected, but it's not. <laughs> um, instead, by marriage, I get to call this lovely woman um, my family. So, Leah, we're so happy you're here with us today. Hello. Thank you so much. So excited. And so you are up in Duluth, right? Yes. Is that yes. where you live? Duluth, Minnesota. So that's where I was born. And my parents, for whatever reason, decided after nine months that they would move out of that beautiful city. So I've never let them live it down. Mm. It's mm-hmm. so gorgeous there in Duluth. Mm-hmm. Well, Lynn, that's your aspiration, isn't it? To get up there I, and be there yes. all the time. I'm going to die there. That's my yeah. goal. I was born there and I'm going to come full circle and I'm going to die there. So. <laughs> Hopefully you get to live up here. Sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to bookend my life in Duluth. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So tell us about, so most people might wonder about the beauty of living in Duluth because mm-hmm. it is very cold, not a super warm, <laughs> fuzzy climate. Mm-hmm. That's true. So tell us, first of all, I mean, you move there, you love it. You do this for fun. You live in Duluth. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is up there that you love? Yeah. So we, um, so I moved up here right after college, um, which is about 20 years ago. And, um, the time I now husband got a job up here. And so, you know, he, I thought, oh, well, you know, Duluth seems like a nice enough place to be. We can be there for some period of time and then move somewhere else. We lived in Minneapolis before moving up to Duluth. And one of the things that was appealing about it is that it was only an hour and a half to get into the boundary waters so that you could be in like actual wilderness, um, you know, full on wilderness area, like for, and do like a good, like, you know, Friday through Sunday or Friday night through Sunday trip. And it was like totally accessible to just go on the weekend and it didn't require, you know, many days off of work or whatever that it would, if you were coming from further away. And then once I got up here, I realized how, like how beautiful it is in the access to trails. There's just trails everywhere through town and there's creeks and Lake Superior is incredible. Like it's nice to walk a lot when in our first couple of years that we were here, we lived down by Lake Superior and I, we had a dog and I would walk that dog on the shore of Lake Superior uh, twice a day. And it was uh, always different. Like, you know, 12 hours later, it was completely different. The wind would be from a different direction. The lighting would be different. And, um, and it's gorgeous. And you're right that it is cold. It's colder than the twin cities. So <laughs> to be honest in like March or April or April or May, I get jealous for people down in the twin cities who have warmth and we're kind of still stuck in like the mud, um, spring season, but, um, but yeah, it's great. It's like I said, it has good trails, great parks, um, and like wilderness parks and, um, we have good, 
biking trails that are groomed in the winter. So you can fat bike on the trails on the city bike trails. So good ski trails. So it's a great place to be. So Leah, you kind of have found not only a beautiful place, but you found a place that really like speaks to you, not mm-hmm. only through the natural world, but also through kind of your, what have become these passions for you. Mm-hmm. Would you mind telling us a little bit about what you do for fun up in Duluth? Yeah. So, um, so I do a lot of biking year round and, um, this winter, of course, was a little bit different because of COVID, um, because normally in the winter, I'll do fat bike races, um, primarily in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Um, so that's like bike races on my fat tire bike. And um, in order to prepare for those, obviously, you have to spend a lot of time on the local bike trails. And so I feel fortunate to be in a place where we have snowy conditions and um, good cold conditions to prepare in. Um for that. So that that's kind of what we do, what I, my husband and I do in the winter. And then, um, the rest of the year, let's say spring and fall do a lot of gravel bike riding and bike racing. And then in the summer, um, some gravel, some road riding, and then, um, had a sailboat for the last two years. So we've been learning to sail on Lake Superior. Oh, wow. Which is a whole nother, it's a whole nother skill set to learn, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's been fun. Sounds magical. I mean, I know that it is when I've Mm -hmm. sat on your sailboat. (laughs) I just want to live here too with them. (laughs) Yeah. So the thing that does not sound magical to me, and I'm just going to be super honest, is the whole fat tire winter biking thing. I don't get it. It does (laughs) not, like, I like to bike. Can you just explain what it is about I mean, so if, if you've never seen these bikes, they have like gloves mounted on to the handlebars of the bike. That just to me mm-hmm. screams like it's going to be really <laughs> cold and uncomfortable out on this bike. Yeah. And to me, I see the pogies and I think those look so cozy, <laughs> like in skinny little gloves on my handlebars freezing. Um so yeah, so I have a fat tire bike. It has tires. Well, I have a set that's four inches wide and a set that's five inches wide so that it can have flotation on snow. Um, it's fun to be outside in the winter and like on the bike trails, once there's snow, they kind of get smoothed out a little bit. So there's no roots to get tripped up on. And, um, and it's a slower pace because obviously you're going slower. Um, yeah. So that's something that I never understood. And it's, but it's, it's, it's a lot more work, isn't it? Yeah. Doesn't it oh, yeah. take a lot more exertion to get that big fat tire to move? So it's slower, but you're pedaling harder. It, it just does not, it doesn't yeah. sound like my cup of tea, but, um, I'm so happy that you're here to tell us <laughs> yeah. why it's great. Yeah. And you're able to go to places that you can't go normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, there's the Arrowhead 135, um, race, which is, you can choose to do like bike run or ski. And so I like to do it on bikes and, um, you know, and people have said like, oh, it'd be so much easier to do this in the summer. And I, I've said, what are you talking about? Like, think of the bugs, think of like the fact that we're in a swamp right now, yet it's winter and we can like travel through these areas. And, um, and last weekend I went up to Lake of the Woods. 
Um, that was a, a fun trip. So, um, so Lake of the Woods is in Northwestern Minnesota and it's right on the border with Canada. And there's a little piece of land that, um, sticks North of the 49th parallel yeah. so the 49th yeah. line of latitude is what defines the border between the United States and Canada, like starting just West of there all the way over to Washington state. But, um, and normally you could only get to there either on the lake or through Canada and now that the U.S. Canadian border is closed, they built a 30 mile ice road to get up to Northwest Angle and the fishing resorts up there. Wow. And so a few weeks ago, a friend of mine texted and said, hey, we should. He posted something on Facebook, this Minnesota Public Radio article about the ice road. And I had commented like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun to ride. So then like 10 minutes later, he texted me and he's like, hey, we should go on this weekend. And this is what we're <laughs> going to do. And then he figured out logistics and I just showed up. So. You know, in that case, like I was thinking that like biking on the ice is kind of like walking on water, not to say that I'm Jesus, but just in a way that it just seems like a miracle <laughs> that you can get around on a lake um, in the winter when it's frozen. It just seems so amazing. So you're telling me that you biked 30 miles across a frozen lake of the woods to the Northwest angle, just like for like on a weekend. Yeah. I mean, well, it was away. like 20 miles and then part of it was overland and then we were on the lake. So the first day was 50 miles and then the next day was 40 miles to get back. So the, the second day of the 40 miles was all on the lake. So in that case, we were on the snowmobile trail and then to the ice road. So to get Leo, back. were you also camping then? No, we stayed at a fishing lodge. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. And then all we right. went out to dinner. There was a resort next to the fishing or the, the resort that we were staying at. So we went out for dinner and then, yeah, Aww. it was a great, like just two day trip. Yeah. So some creature comforts in there, but you also are a winter camper, correct? Yes. 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 Yep. That's what I never know with you what to ask, because I don't know if it's going to be, you're like a, such an interesting person because you love, you know, like love fine dining and have like really mm -hmm. good. Yes. Yes. You know, great taste in food and wine and such an appreciation. And at the same time, she gets on a fat bike and will like ride, you know, 500 miles. It's, it's, yep. it's, it's just so incredible. You don't usually find that in one person no. <laughs> or, a, or a woman. I just find it so empowering to hear from a woman who is like, yeah, no big thing. This is like a fun weekend getaway to jump on a bike. I mean, do you find yourself often being one of few females as you are doing all these crazy things or, I mean, or is that a misconception? I mean, I get in some regards maybe, but I feel, you know, like last weekend it was with my husband and then a friend of ours who is a guy. Um, so it was me and two guys, but you know, there are other women who are excited about the same things. And so oftentimes it is women who I'm biking with. So it just mm -hmm. kind of depends. I was going to ask about that too. I was just wondering with regards to women and like that bike culture, is it pretty supportive? Yeah, I would say yeah. in general it is. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So like if someone's having like on their period and they forgot to bring their tampon and they're <laughs> on an ice road, 50 <laughs> miles yeah. into the wilderness, like you're going to, you got each other's backs. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things I think about, like what happens if I yeah. got a you know, need a feminine hygiene product yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Right. Of course. <laughs> Have these women become good friends of yours? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're deep bonds, I would say in the women's, you know, outdoor yeah. community and, um, yeah, like just a lot, just like with the shared common experiences that, 
you know, a lot of us have, and particularly people who go to like the Arrowhead 135 and some of the other events, yeah. you know, there's so just a we, lot of support for each other. Can we just pause for a second? And can you explain to our listeners what the Arrowhead 135 is? Sure, sure. This is nuts to me. Sure. So the Arrowhead 135 is a winter race and you have the option if you want to bike, run, or ski. It runs from International Falls. Minnesota, which is up on the Canadian border. And it's called the ice box of the nation. Um, because at one point they registered a, um, a temperature that was the lowest in the lower 48 of 60 below Fahrenheit. So, um, so it runs from there down to tower, Minnesota, and the course is on a snowmobile trail and it's held in the coldest part of the winter, um, in late January. And, um, and it's 135 miles. Exactly. Yes. 135 <laughs> miles. And it draws people, you know, most, a lot of people are from the upper Midwest. You know, you get a lot from the twin cities and around Minnesota and Wisconsin, but people do come from overseas to do it. Um, it, it was part of like, uh, or is part of 135, um, kind of a series of races with like Badwater 135 where people mm. start at death Valley and, um, it's like more of a running thing, but that's associated um, with bad water. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yep, yeah. Oh, one thirty-five, And then there was a okay. Bra- Bra- Brazilian race. I don't know if it still is happening, but, <sighs> and it's modeled after, after the Iditarod trail invitational, which is a race that's been going on for a lot longer up in Canada on the Iditarod trail. And so in that one, um, the distances are three fifty, three hundred fifty miles or a thousand miles. And you say, have the same choice if you want to bike, run or ski. <laughs> Um, to do it. And that just wrapped up yesterday actually wow. for this year. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, the, the Arrowhead 135 is really fun. And one of the things that I like about it is that, you know, it's kind of in my backyard in a way, like it's just a couple hours to get up there and people do come from all over. And so it's nice to be able to showcase like, yeah, you know, kind of this kind of world-class experience just in my backyard and and it's pretty and the people are great. And so it's fun to do. So Leah, what's inside you that might not be inside the rest of us? <laughs> <laughs> I love that question. Leah. I don't know. Joking? I don't think anything. <laughs> so I could do this. I mean, I want to, I mean, is there a secret? Is there, you know, what, how do you, how do you gear up for something? Like, how do you decide to go and do that? Like, how did you decide to transit? I got, cause I know you used to ski a lot more than you used mm-hmm. to bike and you yeah, exactly. transition in biking so much too of like, Oh, I do gravel and I do fat biking. And I, you know, I, I'm yeah. just curious. I mean, I think that the only thing is just the desire to do it. Um, and you know, I mean, but I, I think of a lot of people who I know who, um, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a great athlete. Like I know of a lot of people who aren't like, or who are better athletes than me. And I think like, oh, they would do great at it. Like if they ever wanted to, but I think that the main difference is just having the desire and drive to, to do it and prioritize that over other things. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that it takes is, you know, not just the physical training, but also the figuring out of gear and talking to people and really learning through other people's experiences to, you know, get a sense of like, you know, like reading blogs and understanding like, okay, how did this play out? How did the scenario play out for this person? Um, how did they handle it? 
how did that end up? Was that a good idea, a bad idea? And then also like with gear, like, you know, what's, what, what's the best choice for boots or for, you know, chamois butter or for anything bike or for, you know, there's tire choice. I mean, there's so many different choices to be made. And so it's just a matter of understanding like what the advantages are and disadvantages of each piece of equipment in certain conditions and then being able to choose that. So I don't know. Yeah. You also have that nutrition piece too, right? I mean, that's huge. And you've yeah, you have figured that out, haven't you? Right. Yeah. You have to do a lot of trial and error, I would say, to see what kinds of foods work for you and what, what makes you sick and what you get sick of and what you can keep eating um, after a long period of time or after, for me, sometimes if I'm not eating for a few hours, my, when I start eating again, my kind of get a stomach ache from that. So it helps to have regular food, but that's just something that comes with time and trial and error. So it sounds like you really get to know your body too. And like, mm-hmm. kind of how you like the rhythms and mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. That's an, and yeah, when do you find, cause I know when it, when, if I go for a run in the winter time, there's something exhilarating about that where you kind of feel the cold air in your lungs and it's, and it's just kind of a, it's a good feeling that you've, you've earned it or I, you feel like you've maybe accomplished something that in the summertime just doesn't feel as significant or so. I don't know. Does your, can you talk about the differences between, yeah, like doing a 100 mile ride in the winter versus in the summer? Um, I mean, I feel like it's kind of, I'm just trying to think of what the, the main differences are. I mean, I guess I wouldn't, I mean, I enjoy like sitting on the couch and sitting by the fireplace, but I can't imagine that being my whole winter and not having yeah. like the outdoors and experiencing snow and cold and feeling comfortable in the outdoors the way that I am when I've been biking a lot in varied conditions. So, so do you have a favorite winter or summer? Do you have a favorite season? I maybe like winter better. It's hard to say. I don't know. And she lives in Duluth. She yeah. lives in Duluth. Just like, <laughs> so yeah. That's good. It's good uh-huh. that I like Just like my Ian. Yeah. Ian, my, my twin um, is he, the colder, the better. Like when mm-hmm. we have a polar vortex, his, he is so excited and delighted and the rest of us just, yeah. Yeah. That was really fun. A couple of weeks ago. I actually kind of wish it would be longer. <laughs> no, you did not. It was so cold. I mean, the first like week it felt really cold, but then after that week, I just kind of realized like, okay, every time I go out, like, here's what I need to wear. Like I need to wear my down pants and you know, all the, all the stuff, the big jackets with the big hood. And once I figured that out, I was like, okay, I'm good. And then at that point too, like the, you know, there's a river in Duluth that froze over and even like superior froze over. And unfortunately I was out of town at that point. So I didn't go out on the lake, but I really, so it just kind of warmed up right when I left town and then I couldn't go on the lake, but I was wishing that we could have had that cold weather longer so that the Lake Superior could have frozen and we would have been able to bike on that. Okay. Yes. People you've heard it here first. Somebody in Duluth is wishing that it stayed colder longer. Yeah. That sounds like a blast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For a moment. Yeah. I mean, then, I mean, of course, like the silver lining is like, then once it warmed up, it's like, I would go outside and be like, oh, look, there's like, you know, my face isn't burning from the cold, <laughs> from like a gentle breeze. 
but, um, but yeah, it was fun while it lasted. I think that's awesome. I just think it's amazing. And I think it's such a testament to making the, you would think it's a great situation, but for some people would be Mm -hmm. a bad situation, but making Mm -hmm. the best of it. And, you know, kind of Jody and I have talked about like when you go camping and it's pouring rain and you just want to go home, but you stick it out and you find the silver lining and there's something about it that just, it makes you appreciate the thing, you know, when it is nice and it, Mm -hmm. um, it's just such a, um, it's, I don't want to get corny, but kind of a spiritual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to be able to make the best out of it. And I think that too, like you can do that more the more experience you get, because like, I can reflect back to, you know, situations that are like cold and cold and rainy. And I think like, well, at least, well, a couple of years ago when I visited you up at Gooseberry and it was like a cold and rainy weekend. It's yep, like, as always. Yeah, at least there are friends and at least, you know, like there's a tarp and at least there's a fire. Like, yep. I could imagine yep. being in a similar situation without any of those things. Yes. But I feel like the more hardships you go through, you can say, well, at least I'm in the situation, but at least it's it could be worse. Yeah, it could always be worse. <laughs> Leah, did you grow up reading that? Your brother has this book called Fortunately. Do you remember? Oh, this of course. Book? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I wonder if that was like, just, you guys read that so many times that that's why you're both eternal optimists <laughs> right. and outdoors people. And although, at least this didn't happen, right. you know, this happened instead. And you could like find the silver lining and everything and feel accomplished after such feats. Mm-hmm, I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so for, for people who don't know the book, I think it was probably written in like the fifties or sixties and it was at our great aunt's house. And so every time we would go visit her, we'd grab the book of um, or the bag of like kids books and read everyone from cover to cover. And so there was this book called that was called fortunately. And the plot line was like, it was like, fortunately, uh, I got an invitation to my like cousin's <laughs> wedding, but unfortunately it was in a different city, but fortunately I had a plane, but unfortunately the plane broke and fortunately I had a parachute, but unfortunately the parachute had a hole in it. And fortunately I, like when I was falling, I headed for a haystack, but unfortunately what, there was a pitch. Was there, there was I missed a pitchfork. it. Yeah. yeah. There was a pitchfork in the haystack, <laughs> but fortunately I missed the pitchfork, but unfortunately I also missed, missed the haystack. So anyway, it just goes on and on. That's that's what you guys too, are. <laughs> What's that? That's, that's how you guys are though. Yeah. It is just yeah. like a constant, fortunately, it's mm-hmm. a lovely thing about your family. Yeah. Thank you. Um, another question I have is if someone wanted to get started in something like something, Mm -hmm. just have this, like, there's this little tug at their heart to get started at something. What, what would be your recommendation to, to, with that tug? I mean, I would say just keep in mind that everybody started at some point. So as intimidating as it might be to approach somebody who does it and ask questions about, you know, equipment or how do I get into it? Or could you ever go out and show them, you know, could we ever do this together so that I could learn from you? I think the important thing to keep in mind is that everybody started somewhere, you know, sometime and everyone can relate to not being an expert at things. Um, because even people who are, you know, the strongest cyclists I know who are, you know, kicking butt and taking names in races, like, you know, they, they're not an expert at every aspect of their life. So I feel like everyone can relate to being a beginner at something and 
that people are more excited about getting other people into activities than they might realize. So I guess just encouraging them to ask questions and, um, you know, ask for someone to do it with them. That's helpful. I love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I find even here, I mean, I've noticed since I, you know, met your brother who was a big cyclist many years ago Mm -hmm. and still fancies himself one, um, but used to cycle a lot more. That's the one thing that I think is so interesting is like specific to the cycling community is Mm -hmm. it's pretty welcoming and they're pretty into their bikes and they pretty much want everyone else to be just as into their, their own. Yeah, I would say that's true. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's very, it can be very welcoming, especially, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've, I've been noticing that too, with like, even just Lynn and I have been skiing this year a lot, skate skiing together. And there's just, uh, people just seem to really like the more, the merrier, you know, even though like I'm terrible at it and I still, I'm like, I'm like always at the tent, like the caboose of the train trailing behind, but everybody's so supportive and it's true. And it's, you know, as long as you're having fun and yeah, yeah, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we are going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, Leah is going to give us her top tip. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. talking to Leah Gruen, who is one of the twins' sisters, and we're so delighted to have her as one of our first guests. So Leah, you are a biking extraordinaire. You're an outdoors adventurer. What we, What is your top tip for listeners? And it can be in any sort of realm or what, you know, but what is your top tip? I think the top trip Top top tip is a mantra that I came up with a couple of years ago, and that is that self-doubt is a lie. Um, So many people and women especially have so much self-doubt about so many, you know, new things that they're doing or even things that they have been doing. You know, there's just a lot of second guessing or you know, there'll be some comment made that they'll really take to heart or just wonder, you know, if they're really making it. There's just like so many things out there. Um, but the thing to keep in mind is that it's all just a pile of BS and it's not real and yeah. it doesn't serve people to have self-doubt. And so that's one thing that I've tried to internalize is that you know, self-doubt is a lie and you don't need to listen to it. And, um, it's important to be smart and get information and, um, you know, do your homework and do your training and do all those things you need to do to be successful, but don't let the self-doubt really 
you know, eat away at you or make, drive your decisions about what you decide to do and not do. Um, I think that goals should be like scary enough that you're not sure if you'll be able to accomplish them or not. Like there are some things that I've set out to do and I, I don't know if I'll be able to, to meet a certain cutoff time or finish, but you know, if I just keep doing everything that I've always done, then I'll never try new things and grow. So that's what you got to do. I love that so much. Oh, me too. I got some tears with that one. <laughs> yeah. Self-doubt like even makes you never get started. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It can be debilitating just, mm-hmm. you know, just to think, you know, there's people out there who are doing it better than me. I don't think I could ever be as good as them you know, whatever it is, but I feel like, you know, and not, it's not, does, of course it just doesn't even apply to like outdoor activities or, you know, competitive sports, but just for anything in life where that's so common. Yeah. I love that. Well, Leah Gruen, this has been wonderful. And we understand that you have a fabulous Instagram page. So if you guys, if listeners want to check out your awesome adventures and see pictures of crazy hundred mile races across the frozen wilderness, go to at Leah Gruen, L-E-A-H-G-R-U-H-N on Instagram. Check her out, give her a like. And you know, who knows? We're, We're trying to kind of build this community of novice adventurers. And so if you're, please feel free to ask Leah a tip or, you know, maybe if you're looking to get into fat biking up in Duluth, give her a shout. Yeah, so I, hope, I hope that's okay that I just I just volunteered you, Leah. For... Of course, yeah, anytime. <laughs> well, she just Happy said that everybody, yeah, that that's what everyone needs to do is find somebody who's doing what you want to do and ask. So. Yep, exactly. And there's a lot of good, you know, Facebook groups out there where people can, particularly Facebook groups for women, um, for people to ask questions and and learn and try to figure it out and kind of get a community to do this stuff with. Love it. Well, thank you for being part of our community. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. This has been fun. Been wonderful talking to you. Stay safe out there. Okay, will do.